Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. And today we're here with David Hensel. You guys probably remember David. We had an interview. We just looked. It was like 13 months ago from the time of this recording, but I'm super stoked to have David back. (laughs) It's going to be exciting to have him back because this guy, we rocked the mic last time. Y'all had a really high opinion of what he's doing over at UpCoach. So I'm excited to really see what's been happening over the last year, how you guys have been growing, David, and then, you know, obviously keep this kind of free flowing and everything. And you're all going to have to excuse my lighting today. My light just went out. Got to order another one. Got to love that. So always exciting. Luckily, most of you listen on audio and not video. So David, let's kick this off, man. So UpCoach, right? A year ago, you were really kind of just getting into the launch phase. I think you were in beta about a year ago. Is that correct? Yes. So how has launch gone? That's the first thing. It has been gone um, really good. Initially, I can't really remember, 13 months ago. Uh, so we, we had this initial group of coaches that we got in and then we kind of shut the door and said like, okay, we'll just going to focus on those to kind of build something that actually works for them uh, because i did this mistake before just like scale 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 and then you kind of um, you know get overwhelmed with feedback and blah so we really want to build this right for the people that we had in and we made really drastic changes to the platform after the learnings that we had working working with these people we made it like super customizable because every coach wanted to do something different and so it's like Elementor, for those of you who know WordPress, it's like a drag and drop builder where you can kind of build your, your coaching program. And in terms of growth, we have like a, it's it's really cool because it's like somewhat of a viral product because there's a lot of coaches, coaches out there. So people use UpCoach to, you know, coach other coaches and then they naturally use UpCoach as well, you know, and right. I think we really hit product market fit really well because we have like a very high rate of referral and this is how we've been been growing it up. I mean, my business partner, Todd, is, is a big name in the coaching industry. Uh, Todd Herman, he wrote the book, The Alter Ego Effect, for those of you who've heard about him or read this book. And he just like has some just organic pull coming in. So we're at 250 coaching organizations we currently have on the platform. Wow. Also made, made a pricing change, which worked really in our favor to kind of going to a per seat model. You know, it's like basically the... Coaches are free, but the the coaches, the admins, and kind of people who work in the system, you have to pay for those seats. And this worked out really well for us. You know, kind of, I don't know how many of you have SaaS businesses, but it's like some levers in there. If you have below 30 people, then you pay $29 per seat. If you have over 30 people, up to 100 people, you pay $49 per seat. And if you have more, then you pay $79 if you do annual or $99 if you do, if you do monthly. Still keeping it very affordable because if you have a coaching business, like $99 per coach, like doesn't really matter for the value that you're getting. So yeah, it has been working out really well from a growth standpoint. And now we're at the point that we finally hired head of product, head of marketing, and now we kind of will start really pushing the the marketing engine. I have a few other businesses on off. I mentioned this in the last podcast, Shortlist.io. We, we do backlink building and you know manage other people's blogs. And therefore managing our blog on UpCoach. And this has been driving a lot of traffic to us as well. So it's been like our organic growth, but now we're actually hitting the gas. <laughs> good. No, it's good. Good to hear that. When And I, I don't know if I've ever met an entrepreneur who doesn't have at least three companies at any given time, right? <laughs> 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 That's how we all work, I think. 
But it's cool because I just to highlight something here too is I mean, you got to 250 users before really doing any real what people would consider marketing. And I'm kind of curious about this with you because I mean, how, how did you get those initial 250 users? Was it just direct outreach to people? Um, I did some form of outreach. I just had a, using some LinkedIn automation, reaching out to people with a very simple message. Copy this, feel free to copy this. It works like a charm. You know, it's along the lines, like for example, sales coaches, you know, like, hey, Josh, we've built up coach for sales coaches like you. If you would like to see a quick video that explains how UpCoach works, let me know and I'll send it to you. It's very benign. It's not like, hey, jump on a call. Let me waste your time. You know, I have like a 48% response rate, positive response rate. Wow. People say like, hey, could you send me that video? You know, like, so it's like, yeah, this has been working really well. And the initial users we got in by me and Todd just posting on social, like, hey, we're doing like this. I can recommend this to you as well. Doing like a founders group, um, you know, like join, become a founding customer, founding member of UpCoach, you get like special pricing and, you know, you have kind of a say on, you know, what we're building here. And this kind of like, yeah, gave us this initial group of people that know that, hey, this is like a not fully baked product. And I can like gear, like have influence, like where, where the journey is going. Right. Uh, this has been working really well for us. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, what's funny, because I remember even mentioning that message. We tried that message and it worked really well for us too. when we were building podcast multipliers, because it was, I can't remember our exact verbiage. I think we're still using this message, but it's a message out to LinkedIn, just the way you do it. You know, it's like, hey, we built podcast multipliers for, I want to say like thought leaders like you or something. And I can't remember what it was, but it works. It converts. I think ours is like about 40% response rate. That's pretty if, crazy. If you, want, if you want to kick it up a notch, there's like the super elaborate way. So yeah. if somebody does B2B sales, that's not. You scrape, you create a list of ideal customers, you know, like the emails, the, the names, etc. Then you upload this list to AdRow and you do pre-targeting, not retargeting, but pre-targeting. Basically, you show them your brand, you know, ideally that they see like 10 different videos of you. And once I've seen 10 videos, then you reach out to them, you know, with the same message. And then you know, I was like, hey, I've seen these guys, you know, like often people say like, I see you guys everywhere. You know, so it's kind of like, if you want to take it, kick it up and not use Sales Navigator and comment on their stuff. You know, like everybody that's in this list that you've curated, like like and comment their LinkedIn posts. And, you know, at some point then do a LinkedIn message, send them an email and give them a call. That's like the perfect omni-channel approach. And this is like something where you, you can really crush it in terms of outbound. Another business of mine is Task Drive, where we do lead research and SDR, sales development reps. Shameless plug, but yeah, it works really well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. It's, uh, yeah, I love the methodology. I hope all of you like pause and rewind that because, I mean, this took them to 250 users and you're not a cheap software, right? You're you're on the, what I would call like mid-tier software costs, especially for coaches. And I love the model first off, but it works so well. And what's curious to me about that is, the direct outreach method like that, you know, a lot of people beat it up because people use it wrong. It's like email. A lot of people say, oh, you know, cold email doesn't work. And you're like, well, it can if you use it in the proper frame. So it's cool that you guys have been able to leverage a method that people are like, oh, I don't want to use this. Like we still develop, we probably generate half to even 80% of our leads through LinkedIn simply because it works. <laughs> I mean, it works if you A, do it right. And if B, if you are really targeted and you actually provide value to these people. If it's like, you know, if you pray and spray and like, you know, that's spam. But if yeah. you really f do the research and figure out like, hey, this person can actually really benefit from offering what I have to offer, that's right. a different ballgame. And yeah, it definitely works. 
Yeah. Love that. The targeting is actually really funny. So we had a, it's kind of funny story with this is our, we've got multiple clients who their first name is Jim. And oddly enough, they're both like pretty much the two main ones that we're modeling us off of. They're both very similar personality types. They're in similar industries. They both have similar family styles, lifestyles, that sort of stuff. And we ended up building a targeting campaign around guys named Jim who you know, meet all the exact same criteria there were. And there was over 200 of them. These are highly qualified <laughs> clients. And we, it just made us laugh because we're like, that's 200 people who we can literally do a campaign saying, hey, I targeted you because your name's Jim. I think it's something that you would make. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I think it'll be kind of fun to to build that campaign. We haven't run it yet. We just figured this out last week. So I'm excited to actually actually put it out there, but I think it'll work well. So I'm stoked. Um, I'll tell you a crazy email marketing hack called Artful Spamming at Maxim and my last business. I've sent an email to all of our customers. We always did like an end of the month special where we pre-sold some bandwidth and I wrote, I messed up the variable. So I didn't say, you know, I didn't say, hey, Josh. I said, hey, first name. First name. Yeah, first. Hey, first name. So everybody got an email with like, hey, first name. I'm like, F word. I almost cursed. Um, can I curse, by the way? Uh, you can if you want to. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, uh, yeah, so I can, can behave normally. So yeah, I was like, holy cow, I messed this up. And I was like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I fix this? And then the next day I wrote an email, you know, saying like, hey, Josh, I'm sorry. Of course I know your name. I should not send out mass email before I have my first cup of coffee in the morning. To make up for this, I give you another 10% discount on the deal. Like best converting email ever, like wow, through the roof, like super engagement with people. And I thought, okay, how can I replicate this? You know, so I always was, and every month from then on, I want to find a way how I can send two emails. You know, so I always kind of like added like a little mistake in, or what was funny, for example, on 4th of July, I sent an email saying like, hey, you know, these are the end of the month deals. And if you're from the UK, you get an additional 10% because you lost America that day. <laughs> and then I did a f- follow-up email saying like, I got so many calls from people with fake British accents that I now give it to everybody. You know, kind of like, oh. <laughs> and this worked like really like a charm. You know? yeah. Once I stopped, once I did, do you remember the rapture? Yeah. Like there was some Christian person who said that, you know, the world's going to end. The world's going to end, yeah. So I did a, a rapture survivor special, you know, kind of like along the lines, like, you know, if the rapture happens, then it doesn't matter anyway. And if it doesn't happen, then you kind of got a good deal, you know, so by now. Right. What I did not consider is that we have so many churches that do live streaming with, with Max CDN and they were like <laughs> livid. They were like hating my guts. You know? So it was like, <laughs> it was pretty intense in terms of like apologizing. Yeah. And, you know, then we kind of got more and more extreme in terms of being funny or edgy. So we had to apologize, you know, in marketing, when I mean, you can polarize, it's always a good thing. The one where I pushed it too far was when Kim Jong-il, no, Kim Jong-un, his father, when he passed away, I did a Kim Jong-un special because he was always wearing these crazy sunglasses. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and the thing's like, if you buy one of the, the largest package, you get a free pair of Kim Jong-il-un or whatever his name yeah. was, sunglasses for free. And people were like so upset about this because it's just like, you know, hey, he recently passed away and right. I got death threats from Korea. You know, wow, holy cow! <laughs> so I was like, like okay, I'm, joking, I I'm done. <laughs> I, I took it, took it too far, you know. But uh, yeah, this was like really, really fun, very effective. You know, yeah. since you talk about marketing with your audience, if you can find a way to send two emails, either apologizing or being funny in some sort. And also, another thing is like showing this personality on these emails, people really connect with me, and I kind of built a lot of relationships with people. And then, like, when somebody was, you know, complaining about us somewhere on the internet. They defended us and they, you know, cause like became 
person. It was not like this this anonymous big company. It was like you know, there's actually people behind it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. I, I sorry, sorry for the tangent. No, no, that was great. I love it because I hope people will take note of this. I mean, if you guys don't know, David is seriously like these guys are masters when it comes to email marketing in particular. So it's, I mean, you obviously built a huge company around that, but you know, you, you kind of lead really well into the next point for me, which is, you know, it, this is the evolution of where business is going. In my opinion, is that we have all these big nameless brands, you know, the Walmarts, the Apple, these sort of things. Apple's not even a great example of this because Steve jobs was the face for it. Right. But you're starting to see that even these big faceless brands are having to start putting a face behind the company Otherwise, people don't trust them, right? Because like, what are you trying to hide? And so I, I think it's going to be really intriguing to see this next generation of companies that are going to find that they're, even though they are big companies, they're going to always be backed by a big name who's the face of the company. It's not just their, you know, it's not like, oh, hey, I'm employing Shaquille O'Neal to be our marketing rep, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, who's the owner? I mean, Who owns the I company? Think, I think the best example lately that I've seen was the T-Mobile um, USA CEO. Have really? you seen have you seen this? I have not, no. Oh my god. He was like making so much fun of the competition, like talking smack about them. Like he like it was insane how he turned this company around, like purely by giving it a lot of personality. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, cool to see that they've been able to do that too. T Mobile's one of those interesting ones because they've now become one of the leading companies. You know, they've crushed in sale. I think they're beating out. Oh my goodness, what's that one called? ATT. I've heard they heard they're passing AT&T, which is crazy. <laughs> and their thing was like, they were pro people. They were doing things that are actually pro consumer. You know, it's, I'm, I'm a big believer that you want to be become customer centric or you're going to die. You know, kind of like right. examples with like, what's it called? Blockbuster, like was destroyed by Netflix, not yeah. because they're necessarily better, but because Blockbuster was not customer centric, like with all these late fees, et cetera, you know, or right. the music industry was destroyed by Apple because it just made it more customer friendly to buy stuff, you know, or taxi industry with uber so it's just like horrible experience and they you know you're more customer centric so if you can do this in your business i think that the company that's most customer centric will always win yeah 100 i agree with that entirely it's funny because you know, a lot of you listening to this you're probably having you're like hey we are very customer centric but you mentioned your know, blockbuster and the late fees and things like that so are you charging things like this you know, because that doesn't prove that you're customer centric right you're not making it all about the customer. I know for myself, I constantly have to reflect on that for with podcast multipliers. Like, are we actually, you know, doing this for the customer or is this a money play? You know, is this a is a cash grab or whatnot? And it's there's this thing called are you familiar with the uh, term? It's called what's the word? I just said on the tip of my tongue. Bad profits. So um bad profits, for example, when you return your car at the rental place and then they fill it up and charge you like four X the normal gas price, they make right. profit on this. But it's a bad profit because you're going to hate their guts. Or like when you fly with an airline, they charge you like insane amount of money for the extra luggage. Right. They make money of this, but you're gonna fucking hate. Sorry again. <laughs> you're going to you're going <laughs> to hate them. Yeah. You know. So and this is like and when you want to become really customer centric, if you do these things by kind of getting rid of these bad profits, then your employees will all see like, hey, they actually mean it. You know, they put their money where their mouth is. Right. Money where their mouth is. Yeah. I'm to yeah. to actually be customer centric. You know. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have done such a good job with that with UpCoach because if you guys haven't seen UpCoach, go check it out. It's just upcoach.com, right? Yes, UpCoach. Okay. I was like, is it AI or something? Anyways, no. so upcoach.com, right? This platform is 100% tailored to coaches. It's such a cool platform because like you guys have in there is you can manage your courses, you can manage your people, you can run events, you can, I mean, you can do everything within there, take payment, but it's, it's 100% built for coaches. There's not 
in my opinion, there's not anything that's really built in there for anybody, but a coach and you know, coach consultant, whatever you want to call yourself. It just works really well for managing. It's like for you guys, how are you, especially in this year that you're now past the beta launch mode, how are you making adjustments to actually be more customer centric? I mean, one thing is we of course run NPS net promoter score surveys. For those of you who don't know this, it's like you basically ask customers from zero to 10, how likely would you recommend us to a family member or friend? Mm-hmm. And then after they've selected this, you ask them, why did you rate us this way? You know, and then the people who like you, the nines and tens tell you like what they really love about your product, then you can do more of that. And then the detractors zero to six, they tell you why they hate you. And then you, you know, follow up with them and you address these issues. Right. So it's like one, one key thing for us to kind of always keep the finger on the pulse yeah. to see how can we do better, you know, and then also being like doing lots of customer interviews and, you know, we're big on customer success. So our customer success team really helps people to set up their stuff or kind of like even checking in to how people build their programs in UpCoach and then proactively reaching out saying like, Hey, we saw you, isn't this, you could also build it that way. Or have you thought about doing this? You know, just being very proactive and providing really good customer support. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I hope people will take notice of that and say, okay, how can I leverage this? Because this is a big company, you know, David's built multiple big companies at this point and you can't get lost in those little nuanced details feeling like, oh, it's not important. I'll deal with it later. Like it has to be ingrained in the company from the get go. (laughs) Especially when you build software, having really good customer support can be a crutch until you have like onboarding flows, super smoothed out and stuff like this. And so I think it's like, this is the you kind of have to, especially when you bootstrap something, you need to have good customer success people who can help the customer over these bumps in the onboarding or setup process. And then relaying back to kind of what's working, what's not working. So you can kind of refine over and over. Yeah. Love that. Well, you know, we're coming up to the end of the, the interview here, David. So I do want to ask a couple of quick questions to you. So, <clears throat> cause I, you've given a ton of good advice. I hope people will go back and listen to those marketing methodologies in particular, because those will work for you. Every time somebody like David says something about marketing, I always go test it. So I'm like, I want to just see if it'd work for us, right? So you can bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to go test those out. So if you get hit up by that marketing campaign, you're welcome, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so David, just to kind of to wrap this up, could you give our, our people one final parting piece of guidance? I may have shared this before, but I actually wore a t-shirt about this, love, not fear. <laughs> this is like the, the mindset that I'm in. It's my mantra that I apply this to, to everything. Um, for example, I used to hate sales with a passion, but if I know that, hey, UpCoach or whatever one of my businesses is a good solution for you, it can really help you to in your life, in your business, then I can even be pushed and say like, hey, dude, like freaking buy this, it's going to be awesome. Whereas if I sell out of fear, I only sell because I want to hit my numbers or I want to you know, pay my mortgage. And the person on the other side feels this. Also being customer-centric, if you do this because you really want to set your customer up for success, then you always do the right things because you care about them. We do it for them, not for you. And money is a side effect of providing value, you know? So if you provide the most value to most people out there, then, you know, you'd be the richest person around. So getting back to this love, not fear thing, it applies to everything. Like public speaking, I'm a recovering introvert. I would have never been on a podcast, you know, 15 years ago, I would have never done this or speaking on stage because I always would have thought, do people think what I say is stupid? Do people think I have a weird German accent? Do people think I look weird? And then I'm full of fear and I can't communicate, can't produce. But if I think, hey, what I have to share, we can help you in your life, in your business, then I, it just flows out, you know, because then I'm doing it out of love for others. And um, yeah, I could go on and on, give you multiple examples. But if you 
everything you do, if you kind of run this filter, does this feel good emotionally? Then lean in. If it doesn't feel good, kind of take a step back and reevaluate. Can you do this out of love, not fear? I know it sounds super hippie and not very business-like, but trust me, it works. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you learned anything from this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with another entrepreneur who could help. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the flip side.